Hi guys, this is Dee. I'm the Wellbeing Officer at the Fashion Retail Academy. I am here with the following students at Fra. I'm Michaela. I'm Naomi. I'm Grace. And I'm Natasha. Lovely guys. So, let's speak about how it was with us growing up. So, the first question I want to ask you guys, and also myself as well, did you face any difficulties slash stereotypes during your childhood? I feel like definitely appearance. Like, as being a black girl in school, it was, you had to look like this, you had to look like that. Like for example, when I was younger, I had like relaxed hair. That was like something, like straight hair. Oh yeah, why is your hair curly? Or, you know, we had to look a certain type of way, which was, which was really hard as a young black girl, because when you're young, you only know so much about yourself, your culture, and you know how people perceive you how you're supposed to look yeah i think um i'm very like blessed in my experience growing up like i went to a very cultured school primary school i'd say it wasn't like predominantly one race um but i feel like i did see maybe other people around me get stereotyped um but yeah not personally for me like i didn't receive it really bad or anything I have to agree as well, because even with myself, I went to a cultural secondary school as well. And even though there was um, quite a good amount of diversity, I still feel like some people got labelled as, well, say for example, the girls that went to my school, there was like this angry black girl stereotype that was yeah. implemented. And it kind of just came out of nowhere. It's like people were seen to be a bit more aggressive. And to be honest, for myself, I kind of did wonder to myself, like, why was that stereotype there? Is it because of situations or is it just because of how they are? Mm. But then it's like, you never truly know someone until you get to know them very thoroughly. Mm. With myself, I mean, I had advantage because I never got that stereotype. But even then, even when I walk around um, in the present time, like people would say, oh, you should smile more. And it's like, I'm smiling or <laughs> am, I, am I really smiling but even then it's like the fact that that's pointed out it kind of it kind of sets this seed in me like am I getting that stereotype that you know that is there in terms of just black women and if so what should I do about it you know because if I know that I'm not the angry like black woman and I kind of give off this bubbly energy, you know, it's just that there's a lot of questions there, do you know what I mean, that I would have to explore myself, do you know what I mean? But how was it like for the rest of you guys, like, did you guys get any form of stereotypes or whatever? Um, well, I went to a grammar school, which, um, yeah, so you prepare to get in to go to grammar schools, and when I would tell people, oh, I got in, I'm going to this school, but there was a, like, look of shock in their face, and obviously, not everything is to race, but when you grow up um, as a person of colour in general, you kind of think, is it because I'm black or are they just generally surprised? And then what I think found for me is that in terms of education, I just find that I have to overachieve a little because maybe it's not expected of me to do as well as my peers. So um, that's just how it affected me. And even with my sister, she studies maths at King's. When she tells people, oh, I study maths, they're like, the they're shocked to be like, oh, you study maths, you don't do what other black girls do. And she's like, no, I don't. And that's just how it is. We don't fit into one bubble and, um, you know, we're all different. But that's just how it affected me. 
Did you guys get any stereotypes as well? Um, I would say in secondary school, my secondary school is predominantly white. Um, with the friendship group that I had at the time, it was pretty much all of us black girls, and we we was labelled the black girl group. Like that was our name. That was our name in our year. Like no one else really knew us apart from that. Like that was literally just our name. Like if they ever wanted to refer to us, like oh yeah, you know the black girl group over there, and that was it. And once I found that out, I was a bit like oh, like there's nothing wrong with that being like me being black or being a part of other black girls but it's just like why are we being classed as like a group like we're all individuals for one and like why is that the kind of name you'd give our group anyways like we're not like oh you know that white group over there like yes. it's just a bit like it was just peculiar and you know there is i asked someone and i was just like why do we call us that and he was like oh because you guys quite loud you know you kind of just you're loud and you know you know a lot of your like friends they like to start trouble and i mean in a sense they were not wrong like they did like to provoke people just for fun and it was very peculiar but <laughs> at the same time it was just like us being loud like why is that such a bad thing yeah. like if that's how we want to express ourselves then why is that being made to be like our label like oh you guys are well loud like why i think with black people when you there's certain words when you put it together that the connotations the undertone it just feels wrong because of the history like mm. if you said white people are loud you wouldn't think anything but black people are loud just because how we've been labeled you kind of feel oh that's a bit icky you know mm-hmm. something's not yeah. icky yeah. when people say things you can't really pinpoint it it's just and it's just you know it's icky because you're black mm. and then because they're white and they haven't had to think that way because obviously they're not black they wouldn't think there's anything wrong with it yeah. and i just think you just have to i don't know it's hard to bring up as well because it's so tiny so when you're in your everyday life and you hear something you're like oh that didn't feel right but you just you don't know what to do about it you don't know what to mm. say you don't know how to make them aware that there's something wrong with yeah i think as well when things like that happen like you don't know whether to differentiate what their intentions were because mm. I think a lot of stereotypes are integrated from the media or just from different outlets, maybe like family members from different generations. Like it's not their fault, kind of like they didn't think that and think, okay, I'm going to say this in a spiteful way. Kind of thing. Yeah. I also think sometimes I feel like in a way it's not even like intention being racist, but I feel like sometimes when some things are said, it's kind of just a bit like. Did you mean that because I'm black? Or yeah, did you just yeah. mean that in the sense of just in general and like yeah. the personality? So sometimes it is hard to kind of like differentiate it. And I think like obviously once again, like you can't blame them, like you said, like could be just like how they've been brought up and things they've seen and you know, they may feel like it's okay. But at the same time it's kind of just a bit like you're not sure because you don't want to attack them for being yeah. like, oh like you said this because I'm black and they're like, oh, well I didn't, it's just, you know, your personality that just made me say that. And it's kind of like hard, because you don't want to come for someone if they don't deserve yeah. to be like, you know, shouted at. So it's a bit difficult sometimes. That's why I say like, delivery is very important. The way mm. people deliver stuff, especially to people of colour, like, it's really important because sometimes you might take it the wrong way. Maybe it might not be perceived as what they're trying to say it is. You know, so I feel like it's very important to know how to say it in these type of situations so it doesn't come out as oh was that racist you know you don't want to be questioning in every conversation mm-hmm. what a non-person of colour has to say to you. Yeah. So how did these stereotypes affect you? 
they just sometimes make you feel like you're not good enough, whether it's beauty, whether it's your everyday situation, that you have to present yourself differently just so that just that just for peace of mind. Like for example, like when you go into a shop, like like when you leave, I know it's like a joke, but people say always take your receipt because they'll think it's yes. <laughs> so it's just little things in your everyday life that you just have to be more aware, more conscious, and sometimes it's really tiring just to think, oh, like, or even I find with like black girls, we always have to have our hair done, whereas like with like for example white girls, they have this messy bun, like oh, yeah. this messy look, but with black girls, then our hair will just look oh, it's just like like my grandma would say like oh, like it's nippy or it looks like mm. there's just certain words to describe it you can't just relax it's just always like this kind of a facade that you have to put on you know black hair is not easy to maintain <laughs> <Yeah. Like>. oh, <laughs> sometimes i want to do a messy one yeah, you know? exactly. yeah. Yeah. now it's like we've got to deal with like protective hairstyles like yeah. braids and locks and obviously we've got wigs as well we've got to maintain like closures yeah. and 613s um, <laughs> in terms of like the color and then deal with frontals and have the um what's that glue called um ghost lace, bond, ghost bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really difficult and it's a lot of maintenance and we have to like take about an hour or two if anything at the most to try and maintain it like for us it's not that easy it's like no one can say oh i can do my hair in 10 minutes that is just absolutely <laughs> yeah. impossible do you know what i mean but um yeah on to the next question so this is more so regarding your family did you feel as though you had family expectations to go into a different industry other than fashion and if so why do you think that is um, i think I feel like it's kind of a thing that happens to everyone, like not even just for fashion, just like depending on what you want to be. I feel like black parents always kind of want to go down what they class as like the safe route. Mm -hmm. So like it's either like a doctor, a lawyer or like engineer, something along those lines. And I feel like that's because they think once you enter that spot, you're going to be earning money. You're going to have like a stable income. You're going to be doing well for yourself. But at the same time, if you're kind of like in like kind of like saying you know you should be this you should be that like it's kind of just like really damning on who you want to be and you feel like i feel like sometimes there was times where i like was like oh, is fashion really for me like should i really yeah. do this because yeah. i felt like i want to make my parents proud like i feel like a lot of people do like that's what they want to do make their parents proud and i was sometimes just like oh i don't know like what if i don't make it like what if i don't make it like I know my parents are gonna be so disappointed in me, but they won't say it out loud, you know? And it's just like, I wanna make my parents proud, so should I do that? And it's kind of like questioning myself and what I really wanna do, because I'm scared to disappoint them. But at the same time, I feel like it's also something that like, your parents kind of don't realize they're doing. I feel like sometimes they don't realize the effect that their like, ideas and stuff are having on you. And in a sense, it's kind of like damning who you wanna be. I feel like that's unfair at times. You know, black parents tend to love this whole, like, I need certainty out of the occupation you want to get into next. Like, for me, when I told my parents I want to go into, like, design, they, question marks, you know? They didn't really support it as much as, like, I would have loved them to. And I feel like if I would have gone down a different route, for example, like, 
um, medicine or law, it would have been like, yeah, my daughter does this, you know, I feel like they tend to love this whole um, wanting to tell their friends, like, yeah, my daughter does yeah. this, you know, just to impress them. But sometimes, like you said, it's really like damaging upon the, um, the person who's doing the creative subject because this is what I love and what I want to do. So the support is really, you know, mandatory to go through the process of being a creative student. I think with black parents, um, they really want us to make it, you know, and they want to push us forward. But at the same time, they got to understand that, you know, everyone is different. We're all not going to take the same field and same route in terms of just life. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's um, path is very much different. Even with myself, this is gonna shock you guys. I actually did an art course in college and I also did fashion for two years as well. So I can absolutely relate with you guys when it comes to fashion. So I remember when I spoke to my mom about it and when my mom um, heard what I had to say about me taking art in college, she was like, oh, what? why don't you take health and social care? Health and social care is better. But I was like, but why do you want me to do that if it's something that I don't have a passion in? She's like, well, you know, it's better, you know? Yeah. And you can get an easy job and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but this is something that I want to do. It's not a thing where, like, you know, I'm not trying to dismiss your point. It's just, I want to do what's best for me. Mm. I don't want to do something that's common and I definitely don't want to do this thing of where, you know, I tell you that I do this course now and you brag to every auntie in the whole of London. Yeah, yeah. my daughter's doing her first, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just can't work like that, okay? I need to be able to just express myself the way I want to in terms of what I love to do. But I can only just sort of see how it works out in terms of life, do you know what I mean? But the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing now, I mean, yeah, it's different and I'm still exploring fashion on the side, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just about what's important for me. And even having a conversation with her about that as an adult, um, she was able to understand it a bit more as I grew up. And when I stopped doing fashion um, beforehand, it was like, she might have felt happy, but then when I said I'm doing it again, um, a few years later, she was like, you know what, do your thing. As long as, you know, you know what you're doing, then that's fine by me. So, how did you guys overcome expectations to do something other than fashion? How do you feel now that you're now a fashion student and what does that mean for you? To be able to know that, you know what, what I'm doing is what I love and that's all that matters. As in, I know that I can make it and by faith and by like, you know, the passion, passion is very important. With passion and to stay like determined to actually make it, you're gonna make it, you know? And that's what's most important. There's gonna be people here and there that are gonna tell you, mm, I don't think you should do that, or are you sure you wanna do that? Or is that the right decision that you're gonna make and stuff like that? But it's about you and what you wanna do. Cause at the end of the day, I remember one of my cousins told me, if you're in it for the money, like, you know, black parents want you to be in it for, you're going to fail. Cause passion is very important, like I said. I've learned like, one thing in this life you've got to be selfish for is your career. Like. Mm -hmm. That's how you're gonna make a name for yourself, how you're gonna support yourself. No one else is gonna do it for you. And I think it doesn't make sense to do it for other people because like you said, passion's very important. And I think if you wanna make it far, you've just gotta back yourself the whole way. I think realizing that um, 
Finding happiness in the present moment is so important rather than thinking once I have X amount of money, I'll be happy. I think because when I decided between six form and the fra, I just realized I I was so unhappy at the point in my life. And I thought, well, I knew that if I came here, my everyday life would be so much more lighter, so much more better. And regardless of my journey in, in the future, what I'm gonna always be living is the present, so I need to be happy now. So maybe my starting salary won't be like the 30K that my parents wanted to be. <laughs> but as long as I'm happy and as long as I can wake up and look forward to going to that job or look forward to studying that course at uni, that's all that matters. And that's what helped me make this, the decision. Yeah. Let's talk about careers in fashion. Do you feel that the fashion industry is diverse enough? I think it depends on the area. Um, for example, I feel like with Fashion Week, we're seeing a lot more diversity um, on the catwalk itself. Um, with designers, I was literally just reading about how there are more designers, like black designers, who are being having shows, but they find that the people coming to support them, the media, is just like like black faces or like Asian faces. It's not really like the media not really showing out for them, so they still kind of feel like. The diversity is not equal, it's not levelled, so yeah. I think um, the best thing that came out of British Vogue is the fact that the current chief and editor is Edward Enningfall, oh, yeah. who is the first black person to actually be at the very forefront of Vogue magazine. And the fact that that's the case, I mean, he's really just just seeing his Instagram, for example, and how he lives his life and everything, and how he really ensures to put black models and celebrities at the forefront as well, is really powerful. It's like he's come in and he has absolutely made it his absolute passion. He's made it his decision to really diversify um, how Vogue is represented in terms of British Vogue. And the fact that he's done that is very, very big. It's something that I feel like needs to be spoken a lot more about, especially here, bruh. Because it could be any one of you guys that could end up doing the fashion magazine and you really want to show like a lot of diversity as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. So um, how about the rest of you? Do you feel as though there's more or less diversity? Um, I, think, I think it's just all a step-by-step -step process. I feel like maybe a lot a lot more black people are coming into like the creative side of fashion industry itself but I feel like obviously there could be more and um, I think it will kind of just takes time and you know people need to like work their way up there to kind of get noticed because I feel like that's what it's all about to get noticed and you need to kind of I don't know do something remarkable or you know work like as you said with that um, Vogue editor-in-chief like he worked his way up to get there I think it's all just kind of like taking it step by step to get there. Mm -hmm. What more do you feel could be done within the fashion industry specifically? Like runway models, models um, dealing with stylists as well. Like what more do you feel like could be done? Definitely when it comes to stylists and hair, that's a big thing. I feel like um, black models 
have limited stylists when it comes to hair and makeup and products and stuff like that because majority of like fashion models or like models like, tend to be like people of like white people basically so when it comes to definitely doing hair I feel like we should have more people in the industry to be able to help them get ready because you know when it comes to runways and stuff like that it gets really hectic and we need to understand that they also have priorities too that they need to you know yeah i think it's common to see um black models with no hair like mm. i know it's either like a really out there hairstyle or wig or they've got a shaved head i think when you step into a new environment you want to see people like you, you want to see you just want to be comfortable and i think if that isn't there and if there isn't a lot of people of color around you like there's not going to be any progress or Anything. How do you guys see the fashion industry looking like when it comes to black representation in the next 10 years? In the next 10 years, um, I personally believe that I would like to see a whole fashion show just based on black people, as in, you know, I know, th I, I don't know if this is possible, but like, you know, producers and like people from the media and stuff like that and definitely like I would want to see maybe a whole runway just full of like people of colour and the culture and like them expressing themselves and like you said like with like different hairstyles maybe and you know stuff like that. You know what I think um I don't know if you guys have seen this thing like around maybe on TikTok or just um maybe Facebook or just other platforms um there's a lot of creatives that like to do this timeline thing, like a time lapse of different um, different points in like the past and the future. Like, say for example, um, there was this black lady actually, I've forgotten her name, but she must have did like a time lapse of how um, black makeup was like all the way from I believe the 1920s and then she just done a time lapse all the way up to basically now of how makeup has developed especially um, with certain looks like say for example in 2016 like um, full face glam was like a massive thing do you know what I mean and with um, with now it's more so like natural and with fashion she did the same thing as well so she kind of like saw us how it was like before um i believe it was 1920s 1930s it was more so like swing and jazz type of like outfits and i think now it's more so like very diverse do you know what i mean and it's like i really want to see someone or hopefully myself <laughs> do like a fashion show where it just gives you an opportunity to sort of see how things was back in time and how things have developed since up until this point now it's 2020 it's like how do we kind of like show that do you know what I mean so it would be good to see that you know what I mean yeah so how about the rest of you like do you feel like anything might change in the next 10 years I think I just want it to be um just normal for there to be diversity not just for black people but with any ethnic group that you go down the runway and everyone feels represented and there's not even a question that it's gonna happen, like you know it's gonna happen, you know what you're gonna see. And I just don't want it to be like after backlash they've decided, but we're changed people. I want it to be like, there's no like backlash anymore. It's just, this is, we, we represent all humans. I just mm -hmm. hope it gets there. Maybe 10 years is a bit, 
bit much, but maybe at least 20, like, come on, like, yeah. I think by then we've got to be unified more as a people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in 10 years it's important to like, envision yourself there because we'll be like adults by that time mm -hmm. as well. So 10 years is a long time, and I think seeing the change that happened from the pandemic and like all the movements to now, that was only maybe like three years. So, like, 10 years, I think there will be more representation. Right. So how important is it to you that your classmates, your colleagues at work, possibly your teachers especially, understand and listen to podcasts like this and why? Support from like people our age is definitely, like for our classmates, is definitely important because like we said, like this, this next generation is the future generation. So to have them support us is the most important thing right now, to be able to go forth together in unison, which I think is really good. Um, I would say, um, I think this is something that stuck with me since secondary school. Um, my history teacher, she was a white woman and she said that she hated the idea of Black History Month simply because um, she felt like it wasn't something that she would only be done in a month. She felt like it was something that needed to be dedicated and like talked about and you know always recognised every single month of the year. She didn't. She felt like it was so ridiculous to just have one month just dedicated to it because she was just like, there's so much that Black people have to show for themselves, and she feels like putting it just on Black History Month is just it's too small of a time. Because she, she felt that we had like all the creativity. She thought we was like, you know, like she knew there was something that everyone's got hiding within them. But, you know, she just felt like it wasn't enough time. And I think it's true. Like we need the space, the time to kind of all kind of evolve and show that, you know, we're not what everyone kind of thinks we might be. We're not what these stereotypes pin us down to be because stereotypes are there. But I feel like sometimes the stereotypes can define us a bit too much and it can be like it kind of puts you down because then you're like you know they think I'm this anyway like you know I don't think I'll make it as big as they think I will anyway but you don't you don't you don't know that because the future is something that's not in it's not in your hand to control and I feel like we should kind of just support each other and always be there like to kind of uplift each other and it's crazy because like I even had someone tell me, oh, wait for your month. And I feel like it's not, it shouldn't be a thing. Where we should, do you know what I mean? It shouldn't be a thing where we should wait for October for us to speak about what we want to speak about or for us to be passionate about, you know, black culture. We should do it whenever we want. We should make it a thing where we can now be like, yeah, guys, it's time to like show our culture out. Do you know, whenever we feel like it, we, why do we have to wait until October? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think also prioritizing that learning period when we're, in secondary school is really important because I think the older you get and you start doing new things, it becomes more of a chore to learn about these things. Whereas if it's embedded in the school curriculum, learning new names rather than like Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks, mm. as important as they are, there's still so much more that can't be covered in just a month. Yeah. Yes. I think it's about awareness and understanding different people's experiences. Because let's say there's this person who's not necessarily profoundly racist, but they have these unconscious biases within them that they can't address because they don't know there's anything wrong with it. And by having discussions, they might think, oh wait, why do I think that way? 
why do I have these thoughts in my head? And that's the only way that we can move to a more like progressive society is if we make sure like that we understand that there are just things that we do need to talk about. And I don't think it should always be on black people to like obviously yes we want the change, we want to be equal, but um, I think everyone should kind of think that yeah we all have a part in it. We all need to push together, otherwise there won't be any change. What can we take from today's podcast? I think we have a lot of the same experiences, I think. And as a community, I think we should just be there for each other, help. Like if we see something or if something's done to one of us, that's like, you know, anything that makes us uncomfortable, be there for each other, be understanding. And just know that in fashion, we can make it specifically with fashion. Yeah. We can, we've got a spot here. We don't have to back down. We don't have to think, oh, just because maybe the black community pushes for other careers that will go that way. But knowing that if we push to go this way, if we push to go in fashion, that maybe like generations after us will feel more comfortable to push that way too. I would also say kind of learning how to take like a bad situation and turning it into a positive one, because I feel like a lot of the time people see like all we get documented is, oh, you know, this person, this black person was shot or this black person was killed. But you never like, in the media, it's never really highlighted as often like the positive things that have happened. And I feel like we need to make that change. We need to make them notice the positive things that are happening for us because it's not like, obviously bad things happen to everybody, but I think we need to highlight more and like, you know, recognize the good things that are happening for all of us and celebrate that. Yeah, not the not the stereotypical, oh yeah, he's been shot in Lewisham, he's been shot in, or he's been stabbed in Brixton. I want it to be a, yeah, this is the next black woman or this is the next black man in the fashion industry or in the creative industry. That is what we want to see in the media, not the negatives, like you said, mm-hmm. when it comes to the black community. Yeah, I think the word we keep using is community and it's really important to acknowledge, like, you're never really alone, like, yeah. this whole month, movements for the black community it's all about being a community and really respecting everyone else's experiences and educating them on why you should be proud to be black thank you guys thank you